0: everyone. Happy Easter. He is risen. This morning I'm preaching to you from our trampoline room. Um, I'll turn and show you. There's the trampoline covered in our stuffed animals and all of our couch cushions. Kids have a lot of fun in there, and we have no place to sit. But at least it burns their energy. Um, right now I have bribed them to stay upstairs with chocolate so that they won't interrupt our sermon. We'll see how that goes. Um... I can't imagine what the disciples must have felt after Jesus died. For three years, they had followed him, learned from him, trusted him. They had just begun to understand who he was, their Savior, their Lord. And then he died. They thought that all their hopes had died with him. Now he wasn't a Savior, he was just some guy. And he was dead. I imagine they were just full of confusion and humiliation, anger. They thought that the only thing to do was to go back home, to pick up their fishing nets that they had left behind and start over where they left off three years ago. What else was there? In Luke 24, we read that some women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Joanna, They went to Jesus' tomb to do one last thing for Jesus. They went to anoint his body with spices and perfumes. Because that's what you do for a dead man. After that, they probably would have headed home too, not quite knowing what to make of the man that they had once known. But when they came to the tomb and saw nothing inside, all of that Vanished. Can you imagine their shock? Three days of sorrow and confusion, and now an empty tomb. The perfumes that they carried in their hands, now useless. And they saw two angels with clothes like lightning. Resurrection, they said. Jesus is alive. There's no going back home after that. The women run to tell the disciples, and Peter comes racing back to see what happened. He sees the linens, and and the text says that he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. Not understanding, Peter goes home, back to the way things were, fishing, but not for long. Because the resurrected Jesus comes to find Peter on the beach. And then when we meet him in Acts, Peter is transformed, preaching with a confidence that he never had as a disciple. And eventually, Peter would die on his own cross, like his Lord Jesus. For followers of Jesus, the resurrection means that there is no going back to the way things were. Easter changes everything. Easter means that death no longer has the final word. Let me say that again. Easter means that death no longer has the final word. That's something lo- that sounds to me like something that we need to just keep repeating to ourselves during this lockdown. But even without a pandemic, for most of our culture, most of the time, death reigns as a king and a tyrant. You know, we reckon with death daily. Much of our energy is spent holding it off. We spend millions resisting it with makeup and surgery and fitness plans and lies. We feel awkward with those who are sick and grieving, maybe because it just brings it a little too close. We worry, worry, worry about terrorism and violence and the safety of our homes, and then we re- we turn and revel in death, in television shows, and the news. We hold death like an idol to be revered, feared, obeyed. We are slaves to it. But on Easter, jesus was resurrected from death three days in a tomb and he came back to life not like some not like people do in our hospitals with cpr and paddles but as one who went through death and came out the other side transformed more alive than ever death has been swallowed up in victory paul says death has died Jesus has risen, Jesus is alive, and we, we are in him, risen ourselves, alive in a whole new way. And what that means is that now we don't live reckoning with death, but with life. We don't live walking the long road towards our inevitable end. But towards an inevitable beginning. Death is no longer a dead end, but merely a door into life everlasting. On Easter, we shout with Paul Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Death has lost its power, and everything has been put under the rule of our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. And we have become slaves to life. Slaves to resurrection, Easter has changed everything. We've arranged our days around death for so long, but now we get to change all that. We can start orienting ourselves around life everlasting. We can't go back to the way things were. But most of the world is still living as though Easter never happened. A lot of the time, many of us are still living as though Easter never happened. A lot of the time, we're still living in the way that things were. Still throwing out the same crumbling nets, trying to catch the same old fish. And that's because we still live in this in-between time. We've talked about this a lot lately. Uh, We call it the now and the not yet of the kingdom. The not yet of the kingdom means that we are still waiting for God's kingdom to come in full. For all of the pieces to be put right, for peace with God and with each other and with ourselves and with the land to be fully realized. The not yet means that despite the resurrection of Jesus, people still die, we still grieve, there are still wars and famines and floods and pandemics. There's still poverty and pain. The not yet of the kingdom means that the kingdom is not fully here, yet it is coming. And we've just come through Lent, a season of remembering and focusing on the not yet of the kingdom, waiting, fasting, longing, watching. But in Easter and through this season, we remember the now of the kingdom is just as real as the not yet. Now means that the victory has already begun. Now means that God came into the world in Jesus, that he lived and died to make it right, and that he is risen The now of the kingdom of God means that the kingdom is here now. It is breaking in. It is coming into fullness in ways that we can't always see or understand, but it is coming now. Now means that those of you who have been baptized into Jesus are already now alive in him. You have died with him and passed with him through death's door into life. Now you've been set free from the law of sin and death and you can orient your days around life even now because we live in this strange in-between time it is very difficult to live as though easter really happened to live in the now of the kingdom of god we still are surrounded by the not yet there's still death and pain and rejection and through the re- and though the resurrection freed us for life. We're still not quite fit for it yet. We're still so used to living in death, and so we just still do. We still sin, we still hurt one another. Even in ourselves, there is still this now and not yet. We are free now, but we have not yet arrived. And we will not fully arrive until Jesus comes again. So until that day... We practice, we work at life. Followers of Jesus are called to show the world that death is not the end. And so we struggle to put the resurrection into practice even in this in-between stage. We struggle to be like Jesus, a light in the darkness. We struggle to practice resurrection in a culture of death. Our practice is just a shadow of the real thing but we do it because we are living out a truth that we can't quite fully see yet, and because we are trying desperately to lay hold of that truth and to show it to the world. We practice for a time when Jesus will make all things new, a new heaven and a new earth. We practice resurrection knowing that God will fill up our practice in the same way that Jesus, that God filled Jesus' dead body with transformed life. It is the same power, Paul says, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that works in you. We practice because, for whatever reason, God has chosen to let our practice be part of God's coming kingdom. That, um, that phrase, practice resurrection, comes from a poem that I love. Uh, I am sure that most of you know it, or many of you know it. Uh, Wendell Berry's manifesto, the Mad Farmer Liberation Front. Sort of an imposing title. The poem ends with these lines. um, Be like the fox, who makes more tracks than necessary, some in the wrong direction. Practice resurrection. To practice resurrection is to make some tracks in the wrong direction, to do things that don't make sense in a culture of death. It is to imagine a new way that is not a slave to pain and death and rejection, but to life and resurrection and hope and the incredible love of God And there are a million ways to do that. The poem gives some examples. It says, love the Lord, love the world, work for nothing. Take all you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Plant sequoias, it says. Say that your main crop is the forest. Um, I watched this video, uh, it was a TED talk about a man named Ron Finley by a man named Ron Finley. Um, He's an urban gardener in South Central LA, and he and a team with him plant gardens in public spaces and abandoned places in that neighborhood, trying to provide people with with both food and beauty. He sees gardening changing the people around him. At one point in the video, he started talking about the gangster culture in South Central, a culture of violence and drive-by shootings, and he wants to change the way that people think. He says, we've got to flip the script on what it means to be gangster. If you ain't a gardener, you ain't gangster. Get gangster with your shovel. Let that be your weapon of choice. Do you hear Isaiah's words coming through when he speaks? When Isaiah talks about the kingdom of God coming in full, he says they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Do you see how Ron Finley is doing that even now? living into Isaiah's words, even now before they have come in full. That's what it means to practice resurrection. And it's not going to be perfect for Ron Finley or anyone who works with him. People will still struggle. Some of the gardens will die or be destroyed. People will fight. But you don't practice resurrection because things won't go wrong. You do it because it shows the world a deeper truth about the world. Death is not the end. Jesus is alive and we are alive with him. And someday, Isaiah's words will be true in full, and we will not train for war anymore. What does it mean that we will all live someday, instead of die? All this practice, it takes imagination because our minds are so saturated with a life that doesn't include Easter that doesn't believe in the resurrection. The poem goes on, laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful though you have considered all the facts. I love that line. (laughs) Be joyful though you've considered all the facts. The facts are the hardest thing about practicing resurrection. The facts of this depressing and despairing world To learn to see life beyond all the death, all the not yet of this world. But the resurrection allows us to see through death as only a door to life. Jesus tells us that each of us has to carry our own cross. Like Peter, we have to be ready to die for the gospel. To practice resurrection so that like him, we can learn to walk to our own death knowing that it is not the end. We can enter our own tomb knowing that we will be raised with Jesus so that we can go even there rejoicing. Um, A woman named Julia Esquivel, I'm probably saying that wrong, Um, she lived in Guatemala during 30 years of violence. Um, A number of different people groups were being massacred. And she wrote a poem during that time called Threatened with Resurrection. Instead of they threatened to kill me, she says they threatened to bring me to life. We have been threatened with the resurrection. Can you imagine living, knowing the truth of Easter so deeply? She's in the midst of a genocide, and she says, accompany us on this village, and you will know what it is to dream. To live threatened with resurrection. To live while dying, to already know oneself resurrected. That is what the practice looks like. It's because of Easter that Paul and James and others can tell us to rejoice in our sufferings, because death is not the end. And everything that we do in Christ, even our sufferings, will somehow be transformed and made new in the coming kingdom. I think about Jesus' resurrected body. Um, Thomas put his fingers into Jesus' scars in his side after the resurrection. Jesus has been raised and transformed, but he still has his scars. I always, I think that maybe that's because Jesus' scars are not fearful or ugly. They are the highest expression of his love. And so they stay. In some transformed way, the things that we do in Jesus become part of the fullness of God's kingdom. That's how we find the courage to practice in this way so that we can learn to love someone who doesn't deserve it we can forgive we can be patient with people who make us crazy we can be kind we can cry with one another as well as laugh we can rest and put aside the relentless drive of productivity which is just another sign of the fear of death we can wear our masks and stand six feet apart and still refuse to see the stranger on the street as a threat I mean, the worst that could happen is we could get resurrected. We can find ways to press into love even when it feels like the world is ending, even when we are fearful and overwhelmed. We can post rainbows in our windows and send cards and make phone calls and draw on the sidewalk in chalk to encourage our neighbors and play music and have a puzzle competition and make a handmade trophy for it. We can rejoice that we have considered all the facts. All this is practicing resurrection and in some way it will be filled with the resurrection life of Jesus when all things are made new. The Easter season um, which begins today is six weeks long and I would encourage you over the next six weeks to practice resurrection in whatever ways that you can imagine it and to look for others who are practicing it too. Try to see the ways that they are not letting death or the fear of death rule them, but they are knowing themselves already raised, already reconciled, already flourishing and whole. They are orienting their lives around life rather than death. All of our practice points to something more, greater than what we can see right now. We practice for a time when Jesus' resurrection will be completed in the resurrection of the whole of creation. We practice for God's kingdom of peace, of truth, of goodness, of beauty. When Isaiah's words will be true, our weapons will be beaten into farming tools. Even those things that have been designed for death will become gentle, nurturing new life. All of the great and small ways that we practice resurrection in this culture of death will be filled to the full, raised with Christ to do new life. Thanks be to God. He is risen. Please pray with me. Lord, sometimes it feels like this hope is... um, more than we can imagine, more than we can put into action. Um, It's too much of a translation from um, what we see on the news and all around us to live as if life has the final word. Lord, teach us to live into the resurrection even now. And thank you, Lord God, that you have come to us that you have died for us, that you have entered into our shame and darkness, and that you have risen and brought us all along with you. We will praise you. Amen.